Welcome to Tice Talks, episode six on deliberately sharing Jesus. We're going to have more than just a conversation again today with Dr. Tice and his daughter, Charity Berkey. Dr. Tice, it's your program. Well, great. I am excited to talk about something that's very, very dear to my heart, and that is reaching your friends and loved ones with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our, that's been my focus in life. When I was a teenager, uh, someone told me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. I was uh, so thrilled. I'd gone to church all my life, but nobody ever shared with me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. And then somebody gave me a set of gospel tapes uh, on how to lead someone to Christ. In fact, they were called Let's Go Soul Winning. And I, I wanted to learn how to tell other people about Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that I learned how to do that. That is our primary purpose. And uh, I'm here today with Charity, my daughter. Yeah. And you just told me a story I never heard. And I really want you to share it with them, with those that are listening. Um, the first person that God allowed you to lead to him Will you share that? Sure, sure. I, uh, Again, uh, when I first committed my life to Christ, I wanted to be able to tell other people about Christ, but I didn't know how to. And so somebody gave me these tapes. I listened to these tapes on how to tell somebody how to get saved. And, and I you're thought, just a teenage boy. I was just a teenager, right. and I was working as a bike boy at Montgomery Ward. That, If you don't know what a bike boy is, during the Christmas season, they hire somebody in to just build bicycles, and that was an expertise I had. And that has been huge in our life because you have put together so many of our bikes. I mean, I'm telling you, people, he, he has pieced together bike after bike for us all growing up. We used to go out on bike rides all the time. Have two, a good time two things together. I do well. I, I, I hunt <laughs> lizards. I, I, I hunt lizards very well. And I, and I, uh, I build bikes very well. Your grandson so. got that talent too. Yeah, that's the lizard great. Dunning. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, we, um, uh, somebody gave me this, these tapes. I, oh, I was talking, you want to tell me, me to tell that story about, um, about, your friend. My friend. So I listened to these tapes on how to, to lead someone to Christ, and, and uh, I practiced them over and over again. Well, I'm I'm working as a bike boy at Montgomery Ward, and I did that all year long. Uh, and then during the Chris season, they, there's all sorts of bikes that are need, to be, need to be put together. So they brought in a guy named Brady who uh, worked with me in the— uh, in the in the bike room and uh so he actually was like an employee to me i, I was his supervisor and oh. we were building bikes uh together one day and uh uh he asked me what i did for fun i told him i went to church and and i talked to him about about what the church i went to and then i said has anybody ever shared with you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven and he said no and i I just, as best I could, systematically took him through how to get saved while we were working on individual bikes. And I said, then what you need to do is pray and receive Jesus as your Savior. And uh, and he was, and I said, you need to pray something like this. You need to tell Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me and that you were buried and rose from the dead for me. And you need to, you need to ask him to give you eternal life. Uh, and and when I after I said that, I said, would you... Would you um, like to me to lead you in that prayer and you can receive Christ? He said, I just prayed that while you told me what to pray. That's awesome. That's yeah. like gives me chills. I just heard it again the second time. I love that. Um, here we have today, we're going to go through six different ways on being deliberate with sharing Jesus. And 
the number one way is be deliberate. Be deliberate. That's exactly <laughs> Pretty right. Pretty creative. You have to. You have to determine, if you want to lead people to Christ, you have to determine, this is my priority. I now, really Dad, be- um, yes. I'd like you to share um, the story of the friend that you worked on the workbench with and oh. why you are deliberate in sharing the gospel. You mean Mark? Yeah. Okay. When I was in, uh, in elementary, not elementary school, junior high school, a guy, a guy came to me, uh, a guy named Mark, who was my friend. We both rode motorcycles together. We were friends. We were all over the place together. And uh, we were in wood shop together. And me and Mark uh, built a, um, uh, built a uh, at that time, you know, you're in junior high, you want to do weightlifting. Well, we couldn't afford to buy one of those metal, metal weight, uh, weight benches. And so um, we decided we were going to build one. And we got a pattern for it. And in Woodshop, Mark and I built this um, bench press together. You are so cool. And I just got to tell you. I mean, you let me put bikes together in high school. You built wood. You built. I, I, there's not a lot of junior high age kids that do that kind of stuff now. You're hey, when you're cool broke guy. and they give you free wood, you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you can. So uh, so we, we worked on building this bench press together, and we did it for several weeks. And when it was uh, all finished, uh, I, I got to take it home. I, so I took it to my house. Poor Mark. And, yeah, well, it was going to go to his house later. <laughs> but uh, so I, I lived in a trailer, and we had it out uh, on the back back end of uh, our trailer. And um, uh, so I had this bench press out there. So um, uh, in the meantime, after that happened, I moved it to my house. Mark was out uh, uh, riding his motorcycle. Uh, in fact, there was a uh, activity out at a, a park in town called Tule Springs. It was way, way out in the country. And um, some guys rode the bus out to uh, Tule Springs that day, and others others uh, rode, the, rode, the, rode the bus, others rode the motorcycles out there. Mark was one of those, him and a guy named Troy, uh, were riding their bike, their motorcycle together. They went out, we spent the day at Tule Springs together, and then on the way home, uh, a, a Troy and Mark were riding together back to back on their on their motorcycle. I think it was now. A were Honda. you on this activity too, and you were in the bus? I was in the bus. Okay. And uh, so he he was on a Honda Seventy. Ran. It was a really cool bike, and it was really thrilling. On the way home, uh, now I, I I had during the time that I was with him, all the time I was with him, I thought, you know, I invite him to church. You know, I I didn't know a lot about witnessing. In fact, I wasn't even saved myself. But I thought. I should invite him to church. I kept thinking about that over and over again, but I never wow. would invite him to church because I didn't want, I didn't want him to think I was just one of those Christian kids, you yeah. know. So I never invited him to You're church. Intimidated. Yeah, and um, uh, I, uh, but so that so that day he's on his way home. Uh, they were coming through a stop sign. In fact, it was on Losey Road and uh, Cheyenne. They were coming. They came up to a stop sign. Uh, the light turned green as they were approaching the stop sign but when Wait, that they had a stop light yeah they were in a stop light okay. so the light turns green and when the light turned green they saw it and they just started plowing through when they did somebody had r- r- ran the red light and pulled right in front of them they hit the car mark flipped over the top of the car he hit they hit so hard he hit on the other side but he was still okay 
but another car came by, ran him over, and he, and he died instantly. And man, that really hit me as a, as a, a junior high kid. I thought, wow. Uh, and then I thought, uh, I thought about Mark. I thought about him being dead. A few weeks later, I went home after his funeral, and I was working on my bench press, and I turned my bench press over, and on the bottom of the bench press was written these words, Mark was here. And I thought, wow, Mark was here. I didn't tell him about Jesus. I wonder where Mark is now. And uh, that made a huge impact on my life. I thought, wow, I need to tell. Making a deliberate choice to share Jesus. That was it. I just thought, I've got to. I don't want my friends Mm -hmm. going to hell. I don't want my family going to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell because I didn't tell them about Jesus. So So um, we have some easy ways that you can share with other people about Jesus. Because we want, people don't know, you didn't know how to really share Jesus. You're a junior age boy. You didn't really know what to do. Holy Spirit was obviously encouraging you to invite him to church so he could learn how to get saved. But you didn't know what to do. So we're here to help people that say, I don't want that to happen to my friends. That's it. And so um, we have a few, we have six different, be deliberate. But how can that, we be by, deliberate? By, by, by being deliberate, that means you have to say in your mind, this is what I'm going to do. This is what my life is all about. That's why I'm making here. Making a commitment. Yeah, making so a commitment. So tell about your commitment that you made at the beginning of the year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the year. I made a commitment. Uh, and you guys, this guy hands out more tracks than... Any person I've ever met in my entire life, like ever. So when you hear him say, I made a commitment to give out tracks, you're like, what? <laughs> really? And that's what I think is so neat is that he says, I'm, you know, he's already doing it, but he's like, I'm still going to be purposeful. I don't have it all together. I want to make sure that I am still purposeful in, in reaching others. So I I said every day during the month of January, I'm not going to miss a day where I don't give somebody a gospel track. Well, we are, we're about 12 days into the new year. And as we're into the new year, I said to myself, um, I, I mean, I had worked it was all day long. I think it was a Tuesday. I'd been putting together some daily devotionals and I got finished and it was a quarter. I was at home. I was working at home, but I still had a tie on and, uh, it was, uh, it was like 7.15. The tie's important for soul winning. Well, the, the tie <laughs> ke- keeps me business-minded. So um, uh, anyway, so I, I, at 7.15, I thought, man, I've, I've done this. This is done. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to do anything else now. I'm going just to go watch TV and relax for a minute. So I took my tie off. I'm take, I took my uh, coat off. I was about to just get into my relaxed mode, and all of a sudden it hit me. You didn't give the gospel to anybody today. Mm. And I thought, oh, man, what am I going to do? So I thought, well, God knows. And then I thought, no, I better go do something. So I'm, I told my wife, I'm going to go. I told your mom, You're I'm going to go. You're a better man than I am, I'm, seeing I, that I'm not a man. I, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going down to um, the Shell station. I'm going to fill up my car, and then I'll go inside, and I'll buy something in the convenience store, and then I'll give somebody a track. So I, I, I got up, or didn't get up, I just uh, told my wife I was leaving, got out, got in the car, drove down, uh, filled up the car, went inside to get something to drink. And I thought, what am I going to get? Then I thought, oh, I'll, just, I'll get some hot cocoa. 
And so I got some hot cocoa. I was about, to, I was looking for the lid, and a lady that worked there came by and said, um, she said, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm looking for cups. And she showed me where the cups were. And then I thought, that's the person. So I reached in my pocket. and I said, hey, can I give you something really good to read? And she said, what's this? And she looked at it. And she said, that's from Liberty Baptist Church? I said, yeah. She said, we've been looking for Liberty Baptist Church. I said, you're kidding. She said, no. She said, we've been looking for uh, this church, we just moved here from Hawaii two That's months incredible. ago. And she said, and it was it was after Christmas, of course. And she said, we were we missed Christmas. We missed everything because of our move and because we didn't know where the church was. And uh, so this past week, her and her husband were in church. And uh, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't deliberate. That's incredible. So, so be deliberate. Number two, carry tracks. We're going to put these together. Carry tracks everywhere leave tracks everywhere now you say to leave where should you leave them okay well you can leave tracks uh the first of all you have to determine to carry tracks so uh-huh. here's the deal that means what's a that, track okay a track <laughs> is a is a a i remember uh, learning that it was spelt tracked yes t-r-a-c <laughs> i remember being like oh this is totally you tracks. know knew what tracks were all my life didn't know the spelling so what we did oh, what, what a track is is a it's a very simple short gospel presentation that's a got pamphlet. a story in a pamphlet, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So the, like you'll have the address to the church on it, the phone number, the website. We have them all over our church. Yes. And, and we've this given, is because you talk about leaving tracks everywhere. Yes. So, so we've in Las Vegas we've given this one track out to probably a million people. Um and it's uh That's incredible. It, it is it's really great. So um and through our missionaries, we give tracks all over. But it's important that everyone be involved in giving out gospel tracks. The way you do that, people say, well, how do you remember to carry tracks? I don't remember. I've got a terrible memory. So I put them in my car. I put them in... Uh, uh, mom's purse. I, yeah, I put them in mom's purse. I put them in... I put them by the front door. I put them by the office door in my... In the sides uh, of the car. Uh, that's it. Put them everywhere so that... So that uh, when I forget, I think, oh, I got I got tracks, and I can pick them up and put them in my pocket. Uh, my mentor, Sumner Wimp, used to say that the, every man's shirt, any, any godly man's shirt, has a track <laughs> rack uh, as its upper pocket in the shirt. So you can put the tracks right there, and you have them to share. Uh, so when you, we were kids, you used to tell us, or you preached it, and we would joke around about being slothful in business because the Bible talks about being slothful in business. And you're slothful in business if you do not have it's the business of God that you're supposed to be sharing with others. And if you don't have a track at you, you're being slothful in business. You're not, you're meeting these people. God gave you a divine appointment to meet them, and you did not fulfill the, the business of God. You didn't give him the gospel track. That's right. And I can remember standing in grocery lines and not having a track and you saying, slothful Sloth. in business. Slothful, slothful in business. <laughs> So, so we would run out to the car and get more tracks, and we would bring them up to the to the cashier. So that's that's carrying tracks. It's it's something that you have to determine to do, and then you can leave tracks everywhere. Uh, you, you don't you you may not be the person that um, you may not be the person that is bold enough at this point to just start talking to somebody about Christ. But you can leave tracks. I I can remember specifically when. Uh, a few, several years ago, we were um, out on a Saturday evening at the Black Bear Restaurant here in town, and uh, we were uh, eating, and, and uh, I got up. I went in to use the men's room. When I went into the men's room, 
uh, and I don't do this all the time, but when I was in the men's room, I decided to leave a gospel track. I went back out to the table, resumed our conversation, and that was it. The next morning, we were in church, and while we were uh, standing in the greeting section, greeting people after church, this lady walks up to me, and she says, are you Pastor Tice? You're Pastor Tice. I said, yes. She said, I'm so excited about being here. I said, why? She said, she said, um, which, you know, of course she was excited. She was Maybe she's me. at Liberty Baptist Church. <laughs> but I said, she was. I was just interested. She was just like thrilled. She said, I got to tell you what happened. I said, what's that? She said, my husband and I last night were at the Black Bear restaurant. Aww. And she said, while we were there, we were talking about the fact we need to find a church. We just need to get in church. We need to, wow. we just need to serve the Lord. Yeah. And so she said, she said, I don't know where to go. Where do you find a church? He said, I don't know. Then he got up and he went into the restroom and he said, when he, he came back from the restroom, track. he was carrying this and it was the gospel track. Incredible. So, um, you wow. can leave tracks. You can leave tracks at hospitals. You can leave tracks in the restrooms. You can leave tracks door to door. If you're like a secret agent Christian, you don't like to confront people. <laughs> you can go door to door and put and put tracks in doors. You can leave tracks everywhere. Hey, I'm a, and, I'm appreciative of the secret agent Christian. My father-in-law got saved by reading a track that was left in a bathroom too, and um and he was an adult man, 27 years old. And that's how he learned about Jesus for the first time. So those, that has affected my life tremendously. And who knows who that person was that left that track in there. Yep, God knows. And, yep. and the fact of the matter is it's important we leave tracks. So we need to be deliberate. You need to carry tracks and you need to leave tracks. All right. So now number uh, four is so people talk about it all the time, but I, I think... Do you really do it? Because you would see more fruit. And what is that? That is pray for people to get saved. That should be on our prayer list every single day. Every single day. People ask me, I, they'd say, I pass out tracts. I'd witness to people. How come you see people saved and I don't? I think a big key is very simply you need to pray for people. I totally agree. We moved into where we live now the last two years, and we have been praying daily that our neighbors and our neighborhood would come to know the Lord. We have put it on at our church. You can, um, we have cards. The connection cards, yes. Yeah, connection cards that you fill out every week. And they're prayer request cards. So every week we will pray. The church staff will pray for my neighbors to get saved. So far we have had five different families come to our church that we know of. Um, and I, I believe with my whole heart it's because... We were deliberate in inviting people, but we have prayed about it and we've had other people pray about it. And many of them have trusted Christ. Some of them are now regular attenders. They've come for the last three months regularly every Sunday morning. It's just a neat connection. It's neat to see these people come to know the Lord. Yeah, The, the truth of the matter is prayer is a the most powerful tool. I was going to say a powerful tool. It is the most powerful tool we have. We're going to the God of the universe, asking him to do something. I think it's so important that we have a regular prayer life. I'm concerned in our culture that, that people don't have that regular prayer life, but uh, that's another podcast. Uh, so we need to be, uh, we need to be 
actively praying for lost people to get saved. Every day I pray, God, I pray that people will, people that will get saved uh, in our services, that people will be saved through Liberty Baptist Church, and that uh, Christians will grow. Okay, now number five is very practical, but it's sometimes hard to apply. Oh, that's true. Be, be gracious and kind. Because no one wants to get anything from you if you're a jerk neighbor. That's right. Or if you're the complaining person at the supermarket or you're the one that ups, that's upset that a ride is down at Disneyland. Yeah, you could. grumpy people don't have really a whole lot of chance to lead people to Christ. Let me tell you about an exception for that, though. I was Well, it's not an exception. It's because my wife was gracious. She was wonderful. <laughs> uh, I had... I was stuck. Uh, I was in Lancaster, California, and uh, while I was there, uh, uh, on the way down there, I found out that uh, uh, my my tires were wobbling terrible. I had bought two brand new tires, and uh, they were on the way down there. They, my my car was just shaking. I pulled in to this tire place to get new tires, and when I got there. Um, uh, they looked at the tires. They said, your tires are ruined. They're totally, your car is not lined up. Well, now I'm mad. Right. And I and when I'm mad, I'm quiet. I just don't say anything. Uh, I, I do everything I can to maintain the cool because I don't want to totally blow my testimony. But I'm, I'm grumpy. My wife always knew, always knows, and my children always knew when I wasn't happy. They said that my cheekbones sort of twitched. And then they also said that I didn't say anything. I was quiet. So I'm, I'm there and I'm finding out I'm going to spend like 150 to 300 bucks on new tires and an alignment. Uh, that I just had done, and there's nothing I can do about it. So um, I'm thinking, and then I had an appointment that I wasn't getting able, to, wasn't going to be able to get to, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So I'm, um, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I said, okay, go ahead and do it. I go into the tire place, and there's nobody in the tire place, just me and my wife, and uh, I'm, I'm really upset. So I got my iPhone. I started playing on my iPhone, looking at my iPhone, thinking, okay, I'll just read news or something. I'm just going to sit here quietly yeah. and do nothing. When that ha- at, while I was doing that, a lady walks in. Her name was Sierra. She walked in. She had a little three-year-old boy. That little three-year-old boy was, um, was totally and completely out of control. There was no discipline. The kid was running <laughs> back and forth, and I'm thinking... This kid Just needs a to cherry come. Cherry on your on your cupcake, That's right? right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was actually thinking he needs to go to a family. She right, needs to go to a family life, life conference. conference. I need to teach her how to discipline children, <laughs> but I'm not in the mood. I really somebody needs to control that kid, and um, uh, so so uh, I'm not being gracious. I'm not being kind. But my wife, always a sweetheart, looks over and says, "Oh, you have such a sweet little boy." I thought my wife's lying. <laughs> You liar. <laughs> Lying for Jesus. And so then my wife my wife starts talking to her and she's really sweet and nice and kind to the lady. And the and it starts complimenting the child. And then then uh, my wife reaches into her purse and pulls out a gospel track mm-hmm. and she said, Can I give you something, my husband? Mr. Grumpy, <laughs> she didn't say that. Uh, my husband wrote and she hands the lady a gospel track. Hmm. The lady, uh, her again, name was Sierra. 
she, she sits there and begins to read the gospel track. Mm. Well, I'm still looking at my phone. I'm ignoring it. I'm hearing it in my ears. Wow. And, and then my wife uh, gets up and she goes into the restroom and I'm there alone with Sierra, with Sierra and the monster. And the, mo- and, <laughs> the uh, monsters. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, talking. Now the monster has calmed down a little bit. And then she says, sir. And I looked over at her, and I said, and there was nobody else. I said, yes. She said, she said, did you really write this? And I said, well, oh. yes, ma'am. <laughs> and she said, uh, she said, can I ask you a question? I said, what's that? She said, can I pray this right here, oh, wow. or do I have to go to church in order to do that? Wow. God melted my heart for being such a jerk. And I, I said, Oh, you can do that right here. And I got to lead her to Jesus Christ, because not because mom I was, was kind, kind and gracious, gracious, but because mom was kind and gracious. Yeah, so it's important that we just not go and stuff things in people's hands, hands or, or try to cram things. But every time somebody talks to you, that's an opportunity. My wife says, if somebody's talking to us, they're asking for a track. They're asking for a track. That's right. So, uh, all right, we gotta we gotta wrap things up here. But number six was um, something that I have seen people just start at, and they are spurred on into soul winning, and that is begin by serving in children's ministry. That's true. You can learn how to lead someone to Christ by by getting involved in children's ministry, and it's the most it's the easiest way because they're a for, they're a forgiving audience. That's exactly right. They they easily learn, and they don't care if you said something wrong or if your hands are shaking because you don't know exactly what page to turn to in the Bible. They are some of the easiest people to lead to the Lord. So being involved in children's ministry, in fact, that's what, as a teenager, that's where I got involved uh, as working with teenagers, working with children. Uh, they are open, they're receptive, and uh, if you're at Liberty Baptist Church, you can actually get trained how to lead someone to Christ and go in and sit with somebody as they're leading someone to Christ, and you get to see that happen. Yes, we have personal soul winning classes specifically geared towards leading children to the Lord. And then when you're serving, you get assigned to a seasoned soul winner, somebody who is comfortable leading a child to the Lord. You're allowed to go in and sit alongside them while they're leading the child to the Lord. We specifically do that a lot during the summertime during our Camp Liberty season, which is our biggest outreach for children. And that runs every summer from June to the end of August. And it's a free day camp that we offer on Sunday mornings. Um, also, our public school Bible clubs. We are always in need for um, for more volunteers for um, our public school Bible clubs, also for our neighborhood Bible clubs. And those children are ready and willing to receive the gospel. And it is the best way to start out. If you're needing, if you're looking to get involved in leading people to the Lord, start with children's ministry. If you're liber- at Liberty Baptist Church, contact Crystal Heath to work in the public school Bible clubs. You can contact um, Neil Berkey to work in the children's ministry. You can look up um, experienceliberty.com, and on there there should be a way that you can sign up to ask to serve, and then your information will be given to those who are in charge. We've, um, actually, had, we've actually had people from other churches come here, learn how to lead kids to Christ from our children's ministry, actually come and sat for three or four weeks in our children's ministry, 
uh, to learn how to do it in other churches in town. So Yes, and we've had people that are getting their master's degrees and that they come in and serve along with our children's ministries so they can know how to do um, how to work to, with children, get on their level, and just how to explain things. If you can explain something to a child, you can explain it then to an adult. So we have um, all year long our Awana program. There's constantly children getting saved, and we're always in need of people teaching others how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. Now, so let's say I carry tracks. I do all these things. I'm learning how to uh, share Jesus with other people. But let's say I, I got saved. I came to church. Someone gave me a track. I got saved, and I come to church. I heard you um, preach the gospel, but I and I want to share it with my husband, and I'm not really sure how, and I don't know exactly what to say. So I ask you and your wife to come over and talk to my husband about knowing how to go to heaven. Would you take the next five minutes and share what you would share about knowing for sure you're going to heaven, how you present the gospel, the presentation of the gospel. Okay, so I, I think it's important, and, and that's what helped me as a teenager, learning a presentation of the gospel. And so here's what I do when I'm sharing the gospel. Here's, here's the step-by-step approach that I have in sharing with people how to get saved. Number one, I tell them that you need to believe five things There's five things you need to believe, and there's one thing that you need to do. Number one, you need to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. We need to establish that truth because if it's not the authoritative Word of God, then then everything else I'm going to say is insignificant because everything I'm going to say is based on the Word of God. The Bible tells us in uh, 2 Timothy that, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So the first thing you need to believe is that the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, that, that means very simply, and I always give this explanation, that God told men what to write down, and they wrote down the words that are in this book. Therefore, this book is God's Word. Number two, we need to believe that Jesus is the God of the Bible. Jesus is either God or he's a lunatic or he's a liar. Uh, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, Isaiah said he would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is God. When the disciples said to him, show us the Father and it'll suffice us, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus claimed with, with, no, un, with no uncertainty whatsoever, he claimed to be God in human flesh. Number one, the Bible's the Word of God. Number two, Jesus is the God of the Bible. Number three, the Bible says we are sinners. Now, when you present this, you put, need to put everybody in the same boat. Don't look at the person and say, you're a sinner. You say, we are all sinners, because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We are all sinners. We, are, we have all disobeyed God, and you have to admit that your sin is sin. So in order to be saved, in order to know for sure I'm going to heaven, I need to know that the Bible is the Word of God. I need to know that Jesus is the God of the Bible. I need to know that I am a sinner. And then I need to know this, that because of my sin, I don't deserve to go to heaven. Number four is the Bible says uh, the wages of sin is death. That is, what I've earned for my sinful life is death, spiritual death, separation from God forever in a terrible place called hell. The Bible tells us that's what I deserve. Now, number five, 
the good news is that Jesus died for my sin in my place. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead, was seen by hundreds of eyewitnesses. And if I put my faith in him, I can know I'm going to heaven. He died to pay for my sin. I deserve to go to hell. He died in my place. I deserve spiritual death. He died in my place. He was buried. He was in the grave three days and three nights. Then he rose from the dead. He was seen by hundreds of eyewitnesses. Now I've got to believe those five things. I got to believe the Bible's the word of God. Jesus is the God of the Bible. I am a sinner. Because I'm a sinner, I deserve to go to hell, but Jesus died in my place to pay for my sin. Now I can I can believe those five things and still wind up going to hell. Because the Bible tells us there's one thing that I must do. And the one thing I must do is in Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means there needs to be a point in my life where I, I remember I called on Jesus Christ and I asked him to give me eternal life. The Bible says that this, uh, the Bible says again, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You have to personally ask Jesus to give you eternal life. So if you believe these things and then you call on Jesus, you can know you're going to heaven. Then I tell people, let me lead you in a prayer. And the prayer is simply this, dear Lord Jesus, I know that you are God. I know that you died in my place to pay for my sins. I believe that you were buried and rose from the dead to pay for my sins. And right now, in the best way I know how, I'm calling on you and asking you to be my Lord and my Savior and my God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Help me now to live for you. I share that, and I want to encourage you to go out and tell other people about Jesus Christ. Be a deliberate witness to deliberately tell your friends about Jesus. This is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation. Thank you for joining us for episode six of the Tice Talks, deliberately sharing Jesus with your friends. We hope that you'll pray for opportunities to do just that even this week. Be sure to join us next time with Dr. Tice as we discuss the modern mission field and why and how we support missionaries. And don't forget, visit davidtice.com for more helpful content on how you can live a successful Christian life.